All right, we are live. What's up, Marty? How you doing, dude? Yeah, what is up? Feeling good, my man. Day 25, 75 hard, round number eight. Started it three years ago. If you want to see you at your highest potential, have a crack at 75 hard. I think you'd love it. It's an absolute game changer. You've done it, Owen. Bro. How you going, bro? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing real good. Uh, 75 hard is makes you an absolute weapon. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. I, I love it as well. This, I'm not doing it this round with half the team. We've got like half our team on it. Uh, that's why we've got a team full of savages, which is why I love. I'm not doing it this round, but what I am doing this Friday is a 12-hour walk, which is relatively straightforward. It does what it says on the tin. You walk for 12 hours, no technology, just yourself and your thoughts, which is either going to drive you mad or, you know, solve you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going from 12 to 12, basically. Uh, so lunchtime to midnight. Where do you pull this shit from? Like, fuck, one moment you're swimming 33Ks across the ocean, the next moment you're down the coast to coast, then you're running a marathon, then you're running an ultra, and now, just out of the blue, you're doing some 12-hour work. Yeah, bro. It's that Dan Martel concisely describes it. It's like, you know, exhaust the body, tame the mind. Uh, I agree with him. Like, uh, you've got to master yourself and lead yourself well if you intend to lead others. And, you know, we've got we, we've got to epic team but we've got a team to lead here of both our members and our crew so you know turn up as the best person you can and for me that looks like pushing my limits every other month physically and mentally but yeah everyone's different hey absolutely i love it you've just uh i'm gonna go and do the wim hof challenge next weekend so Pal. i'll report back on what that's like uh awesome bro we got some cool feedback and uh, thank you everybody for listening who's given us the feedback on uh marty's that's pod amazing. last week and uh mine the week before so appreciate you guys and uh thanks for the feedback we we like getting it because then we know what we should talk more about and what we should talk less about sounds like uh there's a fan favorite with the um with the bouncer story <laughs> you got another good one for us fun times ah oh, lots of fun going out with dating strippers guns stuck in our faces brawls tempted murder charges i think yeah 13 years worth of door work across new zealand australia and the u.s a lot of fun times fun stories great friends made lifelong friends uh yeah and I was just talking to one of my mates who's grown new zealand's largest security company 150 mil plus two and a half thousand employees and just the journey that we've both been on i think you learn a lot of lessons in business on systems resilience numbers and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and a great saying is professionals don't never not do the basics. So you always got to do the fundamentals in business. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And just uh, note for the audience, it wasn't you on the attempted murder charge, right? No, no, it was not. It was one <laughs> of our fellow doormen getting hit in the head, hit in the head with a steel pipe and having its skull cracked over. Brutal. He's still stuff. alive, so that's all good. Yeah, there we go. Nice. All right. So today's topic of discussion was one that has come up a few times and is actually around some mindset stuff. So as you grow your building company, you're going to need to make steps and changes out of what you're currently doing into a new role because what got you from where you were to where you are might not get you from where you are to where you want to get to. So in our builder's ladder and on our roadmap, there are a couple of stages. Startup, survival, stability scale, success, and significance. But today, those get broken down into the builder phase, the business owner phase, and the entrepreneur phase. These are identities that you must adopt as you grow through because you will never outgrow your identity. So Marty, let's rapid fire hit some of the opportunities, challenges, glass ceilings, and roadblocks that people often run up against as they're in each of these stages. 
and what they need to do to fix some of them. Absolutely. So typically when you start your building company, no one's ever taught you how to run a business, but you have through your apprenticeship learned how to be a great builder. So your identity is tied up in the work that you do. I build great projects. I run a great site and I'm the go-to guy that clients love dealing with. And my work is awesome. And the quality of my work, no one does work as great as me. And that's great for that stage of the business. And so you might be on site, you're dealing with a lot of the sub trades, you're working with clients, you're dealing with doing the pricing estimates, and you're doing capturing all the variations. And quite often you're tied on site. You might not be able to go away without shit turning to custard or things unraveling. And you spend a lot of time working in the business rather than on it. And typically we find this is in a startup to a million dollars revenue where it's really about you wearing different hats, juggling different projects, juggling different tasks, and really juggling shitload of balls in the air, family, business, and thinking, man, how do I keep all this afloat and keep work coming in and keep the guys busy and doing a great job, all the whilst trying to actually, you know, put some more money in the bank. I remember sitting in our office uh, when we were in Newmarket and a member who will remain un unnamed uh, was in and the pressure that he was under, you could see he was at breaking point because he was stuck in the builder phase of his identity and he wasn't putting in place the people and the processes to go to the next level. He was the bottleneck. Clients would text him, call him, email him at all hours of the day and night, weekends inclusive. He didn't have anybody to help him on site to actually crack the code on any of these problems. Like the you know, foreman would call up, hey, how do I, you know, do this, do that? And he was having to problem solve it. Like there was nothing in place and you could just see the weight on his shoulders, watery eyed, pressure. It's not fun. I was just reviewing a call with uh, James, our sales manager, one of our growth coaches was talking to a person who wants to come on board. And he's halfway through the call and it got to the 12 minutes. He's like, oh, can you just hold on? I've got another call coming in from on site that I've got to got to take and the frustration in his voice. And then it was like two minutes. He's like, oh, look, I'm so sorry. Is it okay? Da, 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 da. And then finally got back online with her and um, it just got all these calls stacked up massively impacting your your business at the beginning of your building journey you're going to be that busy builder typically solving things with your two hands and rolling your sleeves up to get stuff done but what you really need to be focused on is moving into the role of business owner so tell us more about some of like the glass ceilings that people run up against when they're just the builder phase of their identity as being a you know builder not a business owner yeah so if, you, if you're great at getting projects finished, you take pride in your workmanship, you do great work, then typically if your identity is that of a builder, then you will think about nobody can do it like I do. I hold the highest standards as you should as a business owner. Clients want to deal with me. No one can do it as well as me. And if you hold that identity, that will keep you tied to site, tied to your phone, being the chief problem solver, running up against problems all, all the time, being called back on site, putting out fires and not being able to go away on holiday or break without thinking, shit, what is Bob up to? Can I trust him on site? And so for you to evolve, you need to be able to evolve from that identity of builder, which is going to keep you tied to site, to that of business owner. And a business owner looks at things, how can I solve these problems through people and systems, people and processes, rather than 
it's up to me to fix it because there's only so many hours that you have in the day. And we want to be focusing on working on the business rather than in and take that ratio from 100% in to 50-50 on and in over 12 months. And then as you grow the business, you don't grow your business, you grow your team. The team follow the systems and you work to improve the systems, the processes, sales, the marketing, the pricing, the project management, and grow your team to grow the company. And I think that's one of the biggest identity shifts. And typically this happens around the one to $2 million mark where it just becomes physically impossible to run two to three crews to do the bookkeeping, to do the office management. And you need to look at who do I need on my org chart next? Who am I going to hire on site to take away the lower level work, like what's below my professional builder's rate? And who am I going to hire in the office to help me get rid of those systems or to do those systems that are still critical, but are below my hourly rate or I procrastinate on them or I'm just not naturally good at them? Yep, 100%. So some of the critical success factors are going to be like, making sure that you've got that person that you can call on to run some of your projects or at least parts of your projects and they're not picking up the phone and asking you questions every day because you're going to need to get off the tools for at least one day a week so you can actually start working on the business absolutely minimum one day a week so to do that you're going to need to find a great 2ic give them a really clear scope of responsibility typically like a you know site manager foreman kind of role who's going to take care of some of the relationship with the client okay some of the coordination of sub trades, pick up and drop off materials, the scheduling of the subs, and making sure that you guys on that project are to timeline, budget, and quality standard. So that would be like critical success factor or one of the top three. The other critical success factor is going to be around your ability to fill a pipeline of work that's not exclusively through word of mouth referrals, but it's actually through some marketing. So what we get guys to do when they're going from builder to business owner is focus on those four big questions and five main concerns that everyone has when they're looking for a builder, which is who are you? Who's your team? How can I trust you? And how can you help me specifically? I've got concerns around timeline, budget, trustworthiness, quality, and communication. So the marketing needs to answer these four questions, these five concerns. And then with that marketing, we need to start distributing it out onto your landing page, onto your socials, and then start putting a little bit of traffic behind it. Because now if we've got a good 2IC on site, we've got a good pipeline of work that we can uh, forecast into the future. We can, the third critical success factor, start setting a non-negotiable minimum margin of 20%. And then with that cash flow and with that predictability and with that better margin, we can start moving into business owner rather than busy builder sort of thing. So those are normally the prescriptions that we have people up against that glass ceiling, you know, one to two mil. Absolutely. And as you're transitioning, I think a lot of, there's two main sticking points. is that transition from builder to businessman around the one to $2 million range. And it's because you're having to change your identity. What's important to you? What do I do? How do I actually evolve? And how do I grow my business? And quite often people don't change or they don't evolve because they stay stuck in that identity and they have those self-limiting beliefs like nobody can do it like me. Clients only want to hear from me. I need to be doing it to get it done to the right quality level. So the reason people don't evolve is a few key things. Number one, they typically don't have a clear plan of if I stop doing this, what, what am I going to spend my time on? So we all know that we need to go from working in all the time to working more on the business. Yeah, every, every, I want to work, spend more time working on the business. But what are you actually going to do? 
And there's all these shitload of things that you should and could do, but how do you focus on what's the 80-20, what's going to make the biggest difference? And that's where we come in based off your numbers and we look at our members and we see what are you spending your time on? We do a time audit for two weeks. You should do this yourself. Write down your time for two weeks in 30-minute blocks. What did I spend my time doing? And I guarantee whenever I've done that in the past, I've found myself way more productive in those two weeks because I know I'm auditing my time and I don't want to be doing shitty things. That's the first thing in transitioning from Intel and do that time audit. Next is the what, so the 80-20. And that's going to be based in your numbers, like number of leads, conversion rate, average dollar sale, margin. Where is it lowest? Where is it red? Where is it out of whack? So are you below 15% margin? A15 to 19, where it's orange. Where, or maybe your conversion rate, you put 10, 10 prices in, you only win two projects, right? So you get 20% conversion rate. What's going to make the biggest difference? And then when am I going to work on these particular strategies that I'm going to implement? So have you booked out time in your calendar here, Tuesday and Thursday mornings, 7 till 9.30? That's when I'm working on the business, not at it. Here's the specific stuff. And if you've got a variation script or a pricing process to follow or a plug and play template, you know exactly what to do. There's no procrastination. And if you've watched training on it, someone's mentored you on how to do it, then it's going to be much easier to plug that in. And then lastly, whom am I going to hire or who am I going to delegate this to or what am I going to automate these tasks that I'm going to stop doing? I think then you've got a clear three-step plan of how to level up that working on with confidence. 100%. Yep. Bang on, dude. And it's really interesting. We we have events regularly, which is very exciting. Uh, our next one's booked, locked, and signed, sealed, and delivered. It's for Thursday and Friday, May 1st. Exactly. Broad Beach, Sofitel, Gold Coast. Get there. It's going to be epic. Cannot wait. We're yep, going to be covering absolutely. a bunch of stuff. But anyway, one of the great tests that we do is at those events you go all right put your hand up if you are a builder and uh you know a bunch of people put their hand up and then you go put your hand up if you are a business owner and then they go ah fuck, that was the right answer that was actually what i was meant to Absolutely. put my hand up for you know identity and identity 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 you cannot outgrow your identity right so you need to believe that you are the identity that you you say you are like you know uh, i am a great athlete i am a uh, exceptional husband i am a great father i am a great business owner not just exclusively i'm a great builder and therefore you know you will do and act like a builder whereas you need to be a business owner solve problems with people with process by having a good framework by looking at the numbers and running the company based on the numbers and using the business as a tool for you and for your family to achieve whatever outcome it is that you started the business for in the first place, whether that be time freedom, financial freedom, or, you know, yeah, because let's be real, you can go and build amazing epic projects for somebody else, right? Like, and take far less risk, far less liability, and far more sleep, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So transitioning to that businessman stage is typically the two to eight to 10 mil stage. And at that stage, you're not tied down on site to each of the jobs. You've got a lot of the key processes and systems we're getting out of your head. And we're putting those into step by step job descriptions, manuals, scorecards, systems on site, and processes like quality assurance checklists, site setup checklists, variation sign up process for your team follow through and implement and at this stage you're really focusing on how do i build the systems that run the business and how do i hire train and manage those people to do it so that 
it's not all on my shoulders. And that requires a mindset to let go and to realize that I can't do everything and that a task 80% done well by someone else is 100% awesome. And you're going to get massive gains by spending more time on the high value tasks rather than leaving the tool belt on at home most days. Yeah, 100%. And what we're normally prescribing around this stage is A to Z of operations and scorecards. So we want to really whack up the accountability to like a level 12 at this point. Most businesses think they lack systems. What they really lack is accountability. And accountability is expectations, measurement, and feedback. So expectations is the scorecards that I'm talking about. So that's either a really clear expectation scope of what the foreman should be doing on a daily and weekly and project basis. Updating the labor schedule, ordering materials, doing a daily voice drop back to the owner, hosting the client meeting, signing off variations before they proceed, running the toolbox meeting on a Monday. You know, all of these things are clear expectations. We want to make that really clear from apprentice to foreman to office manager to anybody else in the team, including yourself as business owner. The next part is measurement and making sure that we track and measure really efficiently and like, you know, uh, have we got enough leads? Are we at the right minimum margin standard? Are we hitting our labor schedule of our forecast versus actual or is it blowing out? Having real clear measurement. And then lastly, it's feedback. You're not like informal. This needs to be better. Can you improve that? Where's this at? And then formal feedback, performance reviews, biweekly leadership meetings, one-on-ones so that you can course correct and coach these guys based on their expectations and based on the measurement. So most companies lack think they lack systems, they actually lack accountability. And at this stage of your business journey, going from you know business owner to entrepreneur, you're going to want to really whack up accountability to a level 12, install the scorecards, install the A to Z of operations, a who and a how for each stage of the business so that we can get real clear on where the bottlenecks are, what's red light needs fixing or what's actually going really well for everybody. Absolutely. And a great saying is your culture is your cadence. So what is your meeting cadence? When do you have toolbox meetings? When do you have an informants meeting? What's the agenda for that meeting? In your construction meeting, what reports are your project manager is bringing? What report is your QS bring or your estimator? Though, and then in your management meeting, what are you looking at for your different projects? Are you in line with your cash flow forecast? Are you hitting your gross margin across all your projects? Are your overheads within eight to 12% range? And are you getting paid after the salary have at least 10 to 15% net profit remuneration back to you as the owner. So if you're looking at those key things, it becomes one, accountability through visibility for your team. So shorten the feedback loop. They're reporting their numbers. You've got your meetings and everyone's clear on what the report is. And if I ask you, Bob on site, informant, are you winning? We might define his key one number is labor hours to within 5% at each stage of the project. And you go, yeah, I'm winning. We're at 3% within 3%. So that's key thing that we need to focus on is numbers, scorecards, reporting, and then making sure that everyone is sure on the A to Z of what is their step, what is their cog in the machine that makes this whole beast run go well. And it's for you to be able to elevate yourself up above the playing field, operate as the coach. The coach doesn't take the field and play the game. The coach's whole goal is to leverage himself up out of the org chart out of the day-to-day, and then to coach the team, hire them, and always be looking for how do I get my team to perform better 
Is there someone to elevate up? How am I bringing up other leaders? So how am I getting apprentices to become carpenters, to become foremen, to become project managers, to pick a general manager and have a good career path for each of them? Yep, bang on. Exactly. That level of going from business owner to entrepreneur, you're going to now be running. You're running a business and it just so happens to be in construction, right? You know, there's obviously nuances and challenges that you need to be across and you're going to find the right people for the right seat. But at the end of the day, you're going to be looking at the company scorecard, scoreboard. You're being inspecting the numbers and you're going to be building out a management team to run the day-to-day operations so that you can look up and out and forward at the future. And you just so happen to be running a construction business, but you know, you equally have the skills at this point and you need to be acquiring the skills to be running kind of any business because you're allocating capital of money and manpower to solve problems. And those problems just so happen to be around projects and uh, clients and cash flow and all the other things that go with running a residential building company. But it's at this stage that you need to install the right people to run the systems and to have them run the systems at a really high level to know where the bodies are and to make sure that you inspect your expectations. But the entrepreneur level is really interesting as well because you're transferring, trying to transfer wealth out of the building company into some other things like developments, property, and other, and maybe other companies, right? Like some of our members are running multiple businesses, right? Absolutely. Like Brendan, he's got a joinery business on the shore, got his construction company, residential construction company, Next Level, and has also started a commercial construction company. Zane has... Uh, like, won the Deloitte Fast 50, transferred two sites, uh, one in Tauranga, one in the middle of the mighty Waikato. And then he's also transferred into other businesses, electrical, commercial businesses, and other entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, Richard, who's got both Twizel and Timaru, and now he's also finding, got five properties in his portfolio where he's finding business properties that are undervalued looking to renovate them, add value and grow that. And so it's because they've installed the systems and processes with the management team in place. I think that's where our business maturity date, you reverse engineer, what does success look like for me 12 months, three years and five years? So who do I need in my management team? So do I need a QS? Do I need a project manager? Do I need a construction manager, office manager, sales and marketing person? When do I hire those? Line those up with your cash flow forecast, clear scorecard, clear task list, what are they going to do? And then assessment, when we're assessing them, and then the meetings. And that's the basis of how we grow, manage a successful construction company through those meetings, through the feedback, and through the KPIs. Yep, exactly. All right, so one of the things that you need to do if you've been listening to this and going like, cool, so what what the fuck now? Like, what what am I meant to do with this? Well, the first thing you should do is you should audit yourself. So what you want to do is you want to go and take the health audit. All right. It's on our website. It's completely free. It's going to take you about five to 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how fast or slow reading and making decisions you are. And from that health audit, you're going to be able to get a score out of a hundred and it's going to compare you against businesses in our network. So you can rank yourself against guys of a similar stage to you. And what it will do is it'll help identify the systems you need to put into place. And if you choose to share it with us, it will help us identify the systems you already have in place so that we can you know, help you best to install the missing gaps. So go and do that health audit because what it does is it ranks you against some skill sets some sco- some scorecards, and then will tell you more specifically what you should focus should be on for where you're at in builder, business owner, or entrepreneur. Because uh, to put it candidly, 
most people that think they're at the entrepreneur stage are actually missing a lot of the basics required to run a predictable, resilient, and recurring building company. If they were to be hit by the proverbial bus, heaven forbid, then uh, yeah, they're not actually an entrepreneur. They're still a busy builder trapped inside uh, prison rather than a business owner with something that can run for them while they're away. Absolutely. Make sure that you are not building yourself a prison. You can't scale chaos. You can't scale lack of profits. You'll just run faster on the hamster wheel. So reverse engineer what you want success to look like, what each role is, what they do, scorecard for them, and then the weekly meeting structure to make sure that you shorten that feedback loop, you stay on track, and your business performs better, and your projects come out profitable, happy raving clients, work that you're proud of, and you build a well-systemized professional building company that gives you both more money and more time. True wealth. Amen. All right, let's wrap it there, and we will see you again next week. Uh, here's to your success. Take that health audit, find out where you're at, really kind of starts with the truth. Let's get clear about where you need to be and where you're currently at. And then you can uh, take the actions to plug the holes and fix the gaps and take your business to another level. So let's get after it. Cheers, Marty. Thanks for your time, Dora. All right. Cheers. Have a great day. See you guys. <laughs>